And we're live. Hello, friends. Welcome back. Oh, yeah, everybody. Hi, <laughs> Dr. Nick. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, 55 uh, friends. We're back with OX Amit, and uh, we're talking about community building. So, uh, why don't we start off uh, with uh, a little bit about uh, yourself? And yeah, tell everyone who you are and what you do. Okay. Hi, everyone. <laughs> um, yeah, so my name is Amit, and um, I'm a security research. I, I do security research for a living. Uh, <laughs> I work at a company called CyberReason. Uh, we do EDR, endpoint stuff. And uh, basically, uh, I am the head of research for our Nocturnus team, which is our advanced research team. So um, we look at a lot of malware um, all over the world, and uh, we try to uh, blog about it as much as we can. Um, I know. What else? I am in Massachusetts right now. This is where I live in the past three years, and I'm originally from Israel. So I think uh, that covers it, I guess. <laughs> Cool. That sounds, nice. uh, sounds like some fun stuff. And, uh, you enjoy what you do every day when you head into the office. Yeah, uh, honestly, um, it's it's a privilege, and it's it's very cool to be able to uh, do what you like and actually get paid to do you know what you like. Not a lot of people have that privilege, and it's something that's very cool about you know what we do, like as security professionals, because we wouldn't have been in this. Profession, if we wouldn't have liked it, so it's pretty cool. Yeah, agreed. What uh, what kind of got you interested in it in the in the first place? Uh, in um, insecurity. Yeah. What was your origin? Okay. I uh, I think that when I was in elementary school, uh, I was what was I like twelve? I think. Uh, I was like we were a bunch of nerds, and I had a really nerdy friend super nerdy the nerdiest um and he was a year older than i am and uh, he convinced me to install freebsd on my machine when i was 12. wow yeah yeah that's <laughs> weird right yeah um so um yeah so i um i was compiling kernels uh, when I was 12 years old on my Pentium 3, 450 megahertz and compiling oh, a kernel. To, yeah, co compiling a kernel on FreeBSD back then on such a machine used to take like eight hours. That's and, yeah, so I, I would leave it th through the night <laughs> and then I would come in the morning and like find out that sometime, I don't know, like in 3, 3 a.m., uh, it threw an error code one. <laughs> and like the thing stopped <laughs> compiling and I had to start all over. <laughs> and, uh, so that's that's what got me into it. <laughs> that frustrating experience. <laughs> Convince you yeah. to start. <laughs> yeah, and then later, um I mean I study I studied computer science in um high school, uh which I didn't graduate by the way. <laughs> and um and uh, in Israel, we have to go to the military for three years um, when we were 18. 
So I uh, was actually um, tracked by this super secret hush-hush government unit thing. And um, uh, I was accepted to serve there and I ended up being there for nine years. Damn. Yeah. That's uh, that's pretty sweet. They, they singled you out, picked you out like that. Yeah. Nation state bot. actor, yo. Allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> Everything According here is alleged. to foreign publications. <laughs> is, that what, is that what it's called? This is what we say in Israel because, like, if there is something, if there is like um. Like, let's say in the news, there's a report that, like, something happened, right? And um, it's, like, so secret that it, the, the government won't admit it or anything. But, uh, but, like, foreign press will cover it. So the news will always say, according to foreign publications. Wow. Yeah, <laughs> sort of a... So is it is interesting going from, you know, working for a nation state to now, like, tracking nation state actors? It's 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 quite a mindfuck. Yeah. <laughs> like I, I I won't lie. Uh, my first run in with like a full blown nation state thing from the defending side was a couple of months after I joined Cyber Reason, and um, we were, you know, watching one of our customers like get annihilated back then. That was like four years, four and a half years ago. And um, my, my friend, my friends and I, and like a lot of my coworkers worked with me in the government, like that's where we know each other. And that's why I ended up in cyber reason. Um, so we were looking at the, we were looking at the whole attack and we're like, holy shit, <laughs> that's, uh, <laughs> that looks like weirdly familiar. <laughs> um, Christopher. <laughs> uh, no, I'm talking about like the like the fact that it's like oh it's it's not like some you know some some kid in his mom's basement like this is like an actual nation state thing yeah, because right. you 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 yeah. can I, you can guess like you know you can understand it by the sort of data that they're after and stuff. Yeah, so you know like, how to differentiate between. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but I guess also the uh, when you're looking at like you know if you have a sample of something you can usually tell if it's written by. Yeah. If you can read code in some form, you know, there's a, there's a, a quality level that comes with uh, being a professional. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I have to say, uh, you'd be surprised um, how many um, malware that was attributed to nation states. Um, even like, even the, the you know, the, the, the big and bad ones, a, lo a lot of it isn't that good, isn't that sophisticated. It's not that everything that came out of uh, some nation state um uh code shop is like the best and the leadest and the stealthiest like a lot of it's crap because it all it all depends on on what you want to achieve and what you want to risk i think we saw uh north korea sending out invoice.pdf.exe <laughs> i mean if it works why yeah. why yeah. change it right don't, you know, don't blow it's not like it's that hard there is one problem that like we can't fix because you know we can we can apply machine learning and ai and all of those dumbass buzzwords but at the end of the day there's a there's one problem which we can't fix which is the problem between chair and keyboard 
Yeah, the enable macros and, button. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so you know, someone is going to be, again, like someone is going to click that button, be it the 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 enable macros or the you know invoice.pdf.exe. Like someone's going to click it eventually. Um, I, I have a friend who used to work for an exploit shop. And like um, they were, they're this big. They used to be like one of the biggest um, red teaming companies in Israel. Uh, they were acquired by Accenture a while ago. And uh, when he used to work there, he used to write all of their exploits for their engagements. And eventually, they were just like, you know, writing exploits is a waste of time because we're we're always going to sit like. It, everybody's gonna click enabled macros eventually. <laughs> yeah. They and they, yeah, and they stopped. They they like fired almost all of their exploits developers. <laughs> yeah, I was it reading was a waste uh, of money. Yeah, I was reading a survey and it was talking about how like it was very close to fifty percent of people like <laughs> like will hit the enable macros button on just random documents they receive. Like fifty percent. Yeah, it was. I was surprised. I forget <laughs> where it came from, but yeah, I was saying it was like forty-five. Uh, like effectiveness this rate for this one, one survey. It's like that's a uh, that's scary. That's yeah. uh, got a yeah. segment privilege. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's that is the world we live in. Uh, do you want to talk uh, just quickly about your uh, operation soft sell? That's uh, oh yeah, yeah, that's hot off the press. Yeah. Um, there's actually one thing I want to say about the whole thing before I start. And, um, you know, because, okay, so first let's, let's put everything into frame. So operation soft sell is, uh, something that myself and my coworkers have been working, um, working on for the past, uh, almost a year, like it's anywhere, something between nine months to a year, sort of our, our uh, research baby. And, um, we've had, uh, one of our customers who's a telco telecommunication company and uh, one of their operations is a cellular service provider. Um, they started notice to notice a bunch of um, a bunch of abnormalities there. They called us in, we deployed our product. We started going over the data and we saw that they're actually uh, being hacked. And when we looked into the whole thing, we understood that this is actually a nation state um, attacking them because of the um, not only the TTPs, but the data that, were, that was extracted. The data that was extracted is what's called CDR, uh, call detail uh, record, which is basically all the metadata uh, that your phone sends to the network and vice versa. So uh, which numbers you called, which numbers called you, uh, who texted you, who did you text um, sometimes in some cases, which IP addresses did you send any packets to, um, and most importantly, uh, which uh, cell towers was your phone connected to? Um, wow. Yep. So when nation states uh, when nation states want to basically do hacking without hacking, what they do is they'll target the cellular providers and steal that information because that allows them to uh, go after. And you, I, I've heard you use that term uh, a few minutes ago in the, when, when you were talking before I went on, uh, if you're a person of interest. So if you're a person of interest, I don't necessarily want to um, hack into your phone actively. 
because what if you're a security guy? What if you're very paranoid? What if uh, you know you, you go to DefCon and you have a burner phone? <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, yeah, don't get me started. Um, <laughs> um, uh, so, uh, what if you're a person of interest, but I want to know who you are talking to? What if I have access to your cellular provider or to all of the cellular providers in your country? And then I could just get all of that information through there simply by dumping a SQL database. Yeah. So yeah. that's 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 how the big boys play. Yeah. True. So you mean kind True. of like how uh, Sprint were owned through uh, Samsung. I'm, I'm not <laughs> here, but... no. Yeah, it's like it's the next level up, right? Like high <laughs> chain attack, right? Kind of something. And um, yeah, and, and um, I haven't read the story yet. What uh, it, what providers were actually uh, impacted for what length of time that uh, that people's people's ears might tune into and say, "Whoa, wait a minute, that might that might just be me." Um, so we can't really say. Uh, which providers? There's um, there's a bunch of um, NDAs and 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 people are already pissed. <laughs> um, but we can't we can't say which companies. I can say that none of them were in the U.S. so far. What we found, because the ho whole thing was um, that our 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 customer that was breached, they're not on this continent. They're on some different continent far away from here, uh, and here being U.S. Um, and um, and when I got a hold of the malware samples that were um, running on their machines, I started reverse engineering them. And then I went uh, on a virus total um, uh, uh, garbage, <laughs> garbage diving, basically, dumpster diving in virus total. And I wrote, it was like four days where I got really good at Yara. <laughs> and... Um, yeah, I, I I wasn't that good before. I don't think I'm I'm that good now, but I got better. Um, you got it. And uh, and I start finding um, identical samples. And when I start running them in my um, in my test machines and, and and dumping the memory, I started seeing that there's a lot of um, there's a lot of information in the memory about um, which network uh, this malware is targeting because it's targeting specific servers and specific IP addresses and host names. And we actually uh, were able to um, uh, find more uh, companies that were targeted. Um, and we ended up with over, over 10 companies. Wow. Uh, yeah, around the world. So um, from, uh, again, like I think the only continent that I didn't come across yet is America. Huh. but all around the world. And um, they've been active um, as far as 2012. Huh. So the samples go all the way back and the servers go all the way back to 2012. That's as far back as I found. So the, the, those, those attackers have been there for seven years, which is, Damn. Yeah, which is kind of a mindfuck, yeah. Yeah. Huh. That's a little curious, but anyways... So a little understanding I gleaned from uh, 
an acquisition of like a a a uh, Asian based telco was uh, that they didn't seem to give a fuck that they were owned for a long time, <laughs> and they just sort of let it slide and just did business as usual and just you know, um, and whether that was you know uh, malicious basement kids or whether that was you know somebody else, it was like really unclear. So I guess that makes the job I, I, right. I, I can tell you that um, it's it's some of the companies. So you know, the, 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 there are companies that are customers, and there's companies that were targeted that are not our customers. Um, uh, the companies that we've reached out to, uh, that we've identified that, that they've been targeted, we've we've contacted every single company that we found, and um, and some of them were very responsive. And, you know, we gave them all the information and had follow-ups, follow-up meetings with them. Um, and again, we didn't try to sell them anything. You know, it's, we, we, we didn't come from a place of, you know, hey, give us money. We'll tell you what's up. Like, we gave them all of the information. We never talked to them about becoming customers. So, you know, we did that. And, um, and some of them were responsive. Some of them were like, okay, thanks. Um, we'll talk to you again tomorrow. And they never talked to us again. Mm. And some of them ignored us completely. <laughs> Um, but the coolest thing was that one of the companies I talked to, um, they actually wanted me to, um, to debrief their board of directors and all of their C levels. And as I said, everything is in a different continent. I'm in, I'm in Massachusetts, so I'm on East coast time. And I had to wake up at four in the morning, <laughs> like to be, to be up on a zoom meeting at four in the morning when my wife is asleep in the other room. So I have, I had to whisper <laughs> and, uh, I'm, I'm like, I'm, and I have this whole, you know, PowerPoint with like, you know, what we saw, what we identified, what, what, what they should do, recommendations, anything. And then some guy who was there, I think he was their CIO, I think started freaking out. <laughs> and literally scream at me like just <laughs> scream like go out screaming at me and again like i can't scream back it's 4 a.m like my wife is asleep and i'm not whispering <laughs> he's like and uh, because they asked me um who do i think is behind this and i said well judging by what we're looking at by the ttps by the malware itself by uh where the servers are located by um, the tools that were used by, by everything, we believe that this is a Chinese nation state actor. And then the guy like loses his mind. And he goes, you cannot say that it's a nation state um, actor. And he just like, and, and, and it was very hard to understand because he was screaming. And I'm like, you know, I let him calm down. I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm sorry. Like you asked me a question. I gave you an answer. Like I am, you know, I'm, a man of science <laughs> you asked me a question this is my answer and then he says well if this is a nation state um if this is a nation state sponsored attack then our cyber insurance won't cover it because it is an act of war oh. so so this is why those companies often don't do anything that's very... Oh yeah, acknowledging it as a as a real thing brings risk and, and liability onto that company, depending Dang. on who their customers are and what legislation they're under, for sure. That's, yeah, so... that's why uh, that's why medical facilities are usually so hostile towards 
researchers is because they have HIPAA and oh yeah, yeah I'm just the PSA I, I'll I'll say it every time I can but just be really careful about uh, medical stuff and medical testing yeah. not yeah. Working, and they will come after you with uh, with a vengeance yeah they they don't like uh, hearing, hearing bad news <laughs> yeah they don't like hearing bad news they don't want you poking at well them. but yeah but that's why it's because if they acknowledge that something happened then they are probably liable for HIPAA yeah right right yeah there, there's so much politics in those like that that's what I've learned um after soft sell there is so much politics and yeah. so much you know, it's giant corporations with like, you know, a lot of money and, and board yep. of directors and stocks and every single thing, like, you know, they, they, it's just like, okay, yeah, let's, let's cover our eyes and, and our mouths and our ears. And let's just pretend that everything's cool. Yeah. yeah. Although at the same time, if you have a, if you have an organization that's very large and you have a security team on that organization, a lot of the times, a little bit of an exter of external pressure uh, can actually be very valuable for the security team politically within a company, right? Yeah. Because you can go up to the C-suite and be like, hey, uh, this happened and this person knows about it, so you should do something. <laughs> yeah. I think there's kind of a, a balance there that differs from one to one. Getting into uh, more community stuff, you're on the uh, DerbyCon CFP board? Yes, I am. Yeah. So how was... Uh... How has that been? Um, so I've been doing it um, for the second and, and sadly last time this year. Um, and it's, 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 it's cool. I mean, I liked, um, I liked a lot of the, of the submissions. It was, it was very hard to, to, to choose from everything. Um, but there was also a lot of, of really like, like moments where you're like reading someone's submissions and it's like, why? Why are you doing this? Like, why? <laughs> Uh, I, yeah. the amount the, the insane <laughs> amount and I, and I tweeted about it and like you know I, I, it's it's kind of hard because I, I you know I like meeting people and I like talking to people and I like hearing people's stories and 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 you know again the community thing but when you have like 500 and something submissions and a substantial number of them like like a good number, like over 15 submissions are how I broke into InfoSec. And it's like some person who says, oh, last year I decided that I want to change my life and I wanted to, do, to, to, to join InfoSec and to become a hacker or a pen tester or whatever. And it's like someone who's been doing this thing for a year who actually wants to give a talk at a conference about mm -hmm. his experience. I'm like, Hubert. dude, just Hubert. write a blog post. Like, this is like, where's all the cool research? Like, I, res I respect your story, but come on, man. Yeah, I think there's a lot of that, uh, you know, if I can do it, you can do it too kind of thing, which is good. Like, I mean, a lot of people, specifically before there was um, certificates, like this is a thing that I get on a lot is that uh, before those certificates, you had to have a, a want to do it. And obviously installing FreeBSD as a 12-year-old and compiling kernels, you wanted to do it, right? 
that is a ch that is a sad childhood story that is not an example <laughs> no, by any by any <laughs> you have no idea how much i i relate to that that is yeah i was roughly the same age doing freebsd and it sucked but um <laughs> yeah like, yeah like I, I totally but the thing is that you know that the times changed and now the the barrier to entry has sort of been dropped a little bit and stories are different and it, it's it's not a talk that uh i mean you can get that talk sort of anywhere and i guess when you're trying to build a community around you know a certain you're trying to increase the skill level you, when people come to your conference like to the to the conference that you're approving cfps like the the cfps for yeah. you want your audience to like you know get something out of it not just you know, people aren't coming to infosec conferences really to get into infosec they're coming to level up to skill up to learn more you know yeah that, that's so what i think there, that's what i think yeah yeah most of the people are, are actually there to skill up or uh, honestly i think the most valuable part is it does help with that like sense of community um but i think that that is predicated on the fact that you're getting useful information out of it yeah, but I, I think that I think that and, and again I have I have complete and utmost respect to people's experiences and you know I, I, I joke about it, but you know, obviously those people who submitted wanted to share their story and that's cool and I appreciate it for I appreciate them for that, but I don't think it's the right place for it. But there is also I think that, you know, especially with and it's funny because I'm I'm uh, I'm thirty two years old. And, um, and, and it's, I, I feel very old when I say it, but like, you know, I've been, I've been around before social networks <laughs> and, and I think that what happened with the introduction of social networks of Twitter and Facebook and all, and all of those is the term influencer. And I think that anybody, you know, everyone wants to be an influencer today yes. and, and everybody wants to get likes and followers and, and, and shit and retweets. And, and that promotes also a lot of things that, that personally, me, and I'm speaking for myself, I don't like yeah, about, about the community. A lot of, um, uh, I have a friend who called it, who calls it hitchhiking. Like pe people who, um, people who have um, nothing to do with security or they don't really do anything constructive. They don't contribute anything but they are trying to amplify themselves to be in a position where they are influencers in this community, industry, whatever you want to call it. And I think that that is something that's not, that's not good. Yeah, it, It's not good and it, and it continues to get worse every year. Yeah. And it's yeah. something the community itself needs to address at some point very soon before it becomes an overwhelming issue that is unfixable I think yeah a, a way that i kind of pick those people um like just like when i'm when i'm looking on twitter and you know choosing who to follow if somebody is mostly retweeting things and they have a lot of followers yeah you know that's that's a pretty good indicator that they they're not releasing their own content um not always true obviously um but that's just an indicator. I mean, you could say the same thing about Thug Crowd, right? We, we go through the news that you could have just read yourself, but we also try and value add by, you know, discussing it and giving our opinions. And hopefully we're smart enough that it means something. 
and then we get people like you on to come and give like totally dope um you know inside you know uh experience and and you know bring that forward so yeah i, I think part of the thing that i find really interesting is the security twitter space specifically has a very uh has two sides to it for sure right it has a lot of the kind of you know shit posting that happens usually but then there's also a more uh you know valuable side of it which is actually for you know transferring information and and you know talking about cool projects that people do uh and i think there's some 10x shit posters <laughs> yeah i i can see how people only see one side of that and think that that's what it is um you know but no yeah yeah it is it is unfortunate yeah when i when i when I when I look at you know again when I go over Twitter, um, I spend way too much time there. Um, when I when I go over Twitter and you know let's say that I see that there's like a new a new kid on the block, like a new a new person that you know you, you start seeing them a lot on Twitter. I uh, I immediately start to look for what what have this person done, like what what have they published, what what have they shared. Um, in, 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 in many cases, those people actually have GitHub accounts, but those GitHub accounts have nothing on them or just a bunch of forks, a bunch of, uh, a bunch of forks for other projects, which they haven't even added a single line of code to. Hello world. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. that's, and, and that, that like that, that what gets yeah. me. Forking My like Metasploit modules and not actually doing yeah. it. My thing is like, I always had this problem where with a lot of the, first projects I did in security were total crappy versions of reinventing the wheel. <laughs> but like, uh, you know, at least it's, it's incremental steps towards actually being able to do shit. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I'm not even talking about, I'm not even talking about that. I'm talking about someone who's just like forking yeah, um, just I know, everything and doesn't like e evil sockets yeah. stuff and just like forks it. And that's yeah. it. And like, that's his GitHub. I'm like, okay. Like, Wow! Wow! And you, just, you don't have to sub subtweet me on there, so you can just. <laughs> <laughs> so, there is a. I'll give I'll give some something to think about in, in some defense. <laughs> there are some people that uh, well, me specifically, I'll go out and fork something as a bookmark of sorts. Um, as a to do, and like the ADD factor is a is a huge factor in this stuff. I take on yeah. insane amounts of projects, but well, I think what you're saying is valuable in determining, uh, you know, not solely based on, hey, are they forking a lot of things, right. burn them at the stake, but I, <laughs> no, I do it's think not that. That's definitely oh, better. And if you it, see them uh, saying easy things like "we should all be uh, like like hot issues are inclusion and diversity," and those are all important topics, but yeah. if you see them yeah. just uh, echoing that and, and trying to to placate to an audience, um, you can you can feel it. You know, the, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, I didn't want to even get into that, but absolutely wholeheartedly agree. And about the forking, well, you might fork a lot of shit, but you also um, tweet keyloggers with S trace. 
Like that's the whole thing. <laughs> single tweet, which is fucking beautiful, man. Yeah, that so <laughs> that's what I was trying to say earlier is like there, there's a two all of us should post probably more than we should, and all of us have some of these pieces. But like there's other things that we're contributing, I, I would say, to the community. I think uh the inverse of the 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 new kid that you checked, like you know, the the, the inverse of the, the kid who fox letter stuff is when ZLZ was talking about um, like the Tesla stuff he did earlier. Like when I first started talking to that guy, he was brand new on the block. And um, straight away, it's like, oh, this kid has something different, you know? And that was a few years ago now. And, you know, you, you heard him talk right before the break. Like that's somebody who's not following that chain. And that's, uh, I guess, you know, what other people can sort of, you know, that's how to gauge someone who is uh, doing stuff. You know, he's now got a blog with a whole bunch of write-ups and you can see what he does and why he does it. And... Oh, it, it, just for uh, context, you're talking about the... Uh, the Tesla uh, stuff. He, he wrote them up in a blog, didn't he? Yeah. 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 Just amazing stuff. And I mean, that's... It, even just <laughs> to be to be in that kind of headspace where you're putting access as payloads in everything you can uh and then seeing what happens it that's that's a that's something that almost can't be taught yeah it's, a, can, it's almost like a lifestyle thing right yeah. like you can mimic it my yeah, car is a, my I'll, car is an excess payload like <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah, yeah i uh being i uh, i got a new car um, last August, and I, I and I I tweeted like it's on Twitter with like a, a a picture and everything. While I was getting it at the dealership, like before I left the dealership, no. I had already um, uh, had root on the <laughs> infotainment system <laughs> with a USB key that I brought from home that already had the exploit ready to install Android Auto on my car that wasn't supposed to have it. So like, <laughs> I got the keys, I signed the paperwork, I got in the in the car, did the thing, and then drove. Yeah. It's like, it's a state of mind. It's something that you like to do. Oh yeah, for sure. And I think the big thing is like, a lot of people, because I like bringing some of my friends who aren't, uh, you know, necessarily too, like trying to get into, or, you know, uh, aren't necessarily super into computer stuff. I like to bring them to DEF CON just because it's, you know, it's a fun time. Um, but I always tell everyone, like, these people can smell fake. Like, it's, mm -hmm. it's very easy. Like, don't never try to act like you know more than you do because, like, it's, yeah. it's very easy to yeah. tell when someone's lying about things. And if you try to, like, stunt on, like, oh, yeah, I use this tool or this tool or whatever, like, you're going to be talking eventually to the person who made that thing. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah. Or, like, maybe yeah. you may already be talking to them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like Especially on Twitter, like uh, he was he was talking about some script that he wrote, um, which he didn't write, didn't write, uh, and he was oh, talking God. to Skelsec about it, and Skelsec <laughs> wrote it. Oh. Like, no, that's mine. He's like, I wrote it. Don't like you. Know, and the guy, the, the kid was just like, I wrote it. Blah 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 blah. Skelsec's like, no, I wrote it. Like <laughs> my name in it. Like, what do you the, uh, the other day, I was talking to somebody on Twitter about. Uh, how you can rename the master branch on Git, and I was like, "Oh yeah, it's really cool. You can name it whatever you want." And the guy responds like, "Oh yeah, I know that." And he links it. It's the uh, twisted server 
like mm-hmm. the Python twisted library, and it's like, oh, their na- main branch is named trunk. Like, whoops. <laughs> it's a yeah, and that 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 definitely speaks volumes to the community and how very very small it is. I mean, you know, it it may seem large especially from twitter you know you see thousands of accounts and people have twenty thousand followers and all this other stuff but um what's probably one of the biggest ones swift and that like that's a two to three hundred thousand but when you consider there's seven billion people in the world yeah there's there's only about two hundred three hundred thousand people that are are connected enough in in interested enough and only 200,000 out of that number is we are we're very few <laughs> we're just very few but, but i think that that's also what leads like so the numbers are already fairly low on the large scale but when you start looking at uh you know these like gatekeeping is obviously a huge thing which personally in a way I'm pro gatekeeping only to keep that level of content um, at a place where the group, that group is at. And if you can reach that level of content and hold a conversation, that's not you, you know, flexing like ASM that you don't understand, um, you know, then that's, that's like, that's the bar, you know, just join and you're interested in contributing. I feel like is like, I don't know. It just, it seems like if people are not making an effort to contribute, that's yeah. not great. But as long as people are trying, like that's a, you know, you can't gatekeep if somebody doesn't want to pass the gate. <laughs> yeah. Well, but, I mean, if they're not trying to pick the lock on the gate, yeah. <laughs> yeah. looking in the wrong place, you know? At the same time, you've also got the ex- exclusion groups where they're like, oh, uh, I guess we've seen with the black, the black hat keynote, um, it became very political um, rather than technical. And there's a lot of debate over it and I don't want to talk about it because yeah. I'm, not, I'm not picking sides and I don't think anyone here wants to. Um, but just at a very base level, uh, politics came into who was to speak as the keynote and now whether or not that speaker was qualified or you know to talk about that topic doesn't matter. And that's in a way sad, but in a way, maybe it was the right move. I'm not going to speculate. Um, yeah, I don't know the I don't know the exact details of it either. On that, we could be thinking of two different things. But the the evolution of the uh, of the atmosphere over the years to include political and in these kind of issues has uh has made it um a little more complex to uh to navigate socially and uh i'm not sure it's bringing in necessarily good things i'm not sure it's bringing in bad things i i just know that it's it's bringing in something that's making uh waves and my hope would be that it's going to be mostly positive stuff and i think one thing to remember is that at any in any hacker community any any like infosec community any engineering you know into stem and whatever 
you're going to have a fair share of socially awkward nerds. It's just how it is. <laughs> it, you know, yeah, that, that might be stereotyping a little, but from my experience, it's, it's pretty accurate. <laughs> yeah, maybe I'm one of those nerds. I mean, you know, just to want to stare at a computer for, you know, that long and to <laughs> want to break things for that long, like it requires, a, you know, it's definitely not for everyone. And I mean, with some of that focus and some of that, you know, sometimes comes additional issues, uh, obviously. Anyway. Yeah, I agree. I think that, sorry, go oh, ahead. No. Oh, no, continue. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, I think that at the end of the day, you know, when, when I when I look at, and it's funny, we've, we've had this um, very conversation at work today. Um, so um, I'll, I'll give just a little bit of, of, of background to what I'm going to say. Um, we, so the, the group that I'm, so I'm head of security research at Cyber Reason Nocturnus, as I said, and um, what part of what we're trying to do is we're trying to um, uh, not only um, share like blogs about stuff we found, like like Operation Soft Cell, but we're also trying to add some 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 extra value to things. So, um, like a few months ago, I wrote a tutorial about how to reverse engineer uh, .NET malware and put it on our blog because it's just sharing knowledge. You know, Cyberizen isn't going to make more money uh, because of my blog post about how to reverse engineer .NET malware. And it's, it's all about sharing knowledge. And we've had a, a conversation today at work, like how do we want to, um, how do we want to brand uh, uh, ourselves, the, the team, Nocturnus? And, 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 and what, what, what are we bringing, like what are we bringing to the conversation, to the, to the to, what are we bringing to the, not to the industry, but the community? And I think that at the end of the day, the most important thing is to share, is to share knowledge. With other people, yeah. of course, obviously, the, the, there, there is a, there is a, there, especially when you work for a company, you know, there's a limit to what you can share, um, because oh, my cat is like driving me nuts. Um, yeah, I don't know if you can hear him, but he's like hearing oh, me yeah. meowing. Um, <laughs> but um, at the end of the day, you want to share knowledge, and and this is what we're trying to do, and this is what I am personally trying to do, because. Um, the way that I see it, you know, we're not going to be here forever. Um, and eventually we'll, we're going to need other people to do this job because we're basically sort of like plumbers, but you know, it's, it's, we're dealing with a lot of shit and, and someone's, someone needs to do this job. And I think that when we're looking at what is a community and, and, and when, and when we're uh, trying to look at the, at the grand picture, which is, you know, if we're looking at, at a review board for a conference, why should I pick this talk over the other talk? Or um, why should I believe that person on Twitter that came out of nowhere um, and, 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 and starts, to, um, starts, to starts to be an influencer? I think that the way I judge those situations is um, what, what am I learning out of it? What are they teaching? What are they contributing? And I think that in in a community, you know, we 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 use that term so so loosely. Mm. Um, we need to share knowledge, and knowledge could be in the form of writing a blog post about something you did, 
um, sharing uh, 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 an S, a cool S-trace trick in one tweet or submitting a talk to a conference where you go into uh, great details about something you've hacked. This is how I measure um, contribution. And I think that this is, this, this is the standard that should be. If someone comes out of nowhere um, and, and, and talks about uh, 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 political things or political subjects or, you know, uh, identity politics and, 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 and a lot of those things are very important. In inclusion and diversity, super important. And, and, and it, it's something that, that this industry and I think probably almost any industry needs. Um, but there is, there is a place and a time to talk about it. And I feel that oftentimes, especially on Twitter, um, it, 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 the lines are kind of blurry. Like, it doesn't matter if you're talking about political things or about actual research, you are being judged the same. And I don't know if I'm, if I'm managing to, make my, to, to get my message across, but I think that this is something that we need to be aware of because there's lots of, there's lots of people who are trying to be in the, in the, um, in the community and trying to basically put themselves on a, on a, on a pedestal and, and, edu and educate everyone, but they're actually not really bringing something interesting to the table. It's just talk about nothing. Yeah. You need to add, add something, add value uh, to the conversation and not, because yeah, if you're not adding value to a conversation, you're, you know, uh, detracting from it. Yeah, potentially. Uh, I think it's interesting that uh, it it's uh, I guess yeah, we would call it an issue, right? And it's something that um, we're we're pretty good at um, overall. Like, uh, blue team, red team, whatever team you're on. Uh, solving problems, solving solving puzzles is something that we do, and I think it's a problem that uh, needs attention. It's it hasn't reached a full uh, a full pitch quite yet. It doesn't seem like, but it, it will eventually. And uh, I I really do think we need to start thinking about long term strategies and uh, things that 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 aren't taking things too far we don't need to start blacklists of people we don't need to we don't need to do over the top crazy things but we do need to watch out for uh preserving the integrity and the uh just the quality i guess the funness and the yeah the quality of uh of this special um sector yeah i mean we're all here because we we like what we do right yep. so yeah we've, uh, we've reached uh the uh was it 11 30 mark yeah we oh. don't want to we don't want to keep anyone too late uh so, uh, yeah so like we should probably move on to, to finishing up but um why don't you tell us uh tell everyone listening where people can reach you and uh, what you'd like to uh, be reached about, I guess, maybe. Yeah. So oh, okay. Is it okay if, if I'll just address one one thing that I wanted to say at the beginning about something yeah. about soft sell? Definitely. Yeah. 
I, I'll make it really fast because it's 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 something that's that's I think that is interesting, and especially after the discussion we've just had. When 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 we've released the report about Softail, people started asking us for IOCs, and and we said that we cannot share any IOCs, we can't share any hashes, any host names, and because of NDAs, and not only. Uh, that we can't share them, but they aren't relevant because every IOC was only uh, relevant to the company that that it was targeting. So each each targeted company had different IOCs. Therefore, if you work for another cellular provider and you're interested in those IOCs, they mean absolutely nothing for you because you weren't targeted by them. And people started saying that our report is bullshit and everything like we're lying there was actually uh, one one paper in the UK actually made a smear piece and said that we're lying because we're not sharing IOCs um, and and you know when we're and, and then someone says well you're not sharing anything with a community and this is where I got angry because I said well I worked my ass off to and, and, and fought with our legal department and with a bunch of people um, to be able to provide you with a report that details um, all of the TTPs of some nation-state sponsored groups, including um, what what they're doing, what commands they were running, and basically, if you're a half-decent blue teamer, you should be able to run a few hunting queries based on what we wrote. And IOCs are just hashes; they're completely meaningless. And and people were calling us off because of that. And that and and you know when we're and and then you're they're saying that we're not contributing to the community. And this is another thing. Saying community is cool. You know, we're talking here. We're all friends. This is a community. But all of us have day jobs. And the companies that we work for are for-profit companies, usually. And they have NDAs. And, they, and you know, we all have contracts that we have to um, respect. And the community, quote-unquote, doesn't get that. Because for them, if we wrote a report about something, then we have to share the IOCs. This is something that we owe them. And that's, that's, again, that's where we, we're like, we're forgetting that this, it, while we want to call it a community, we aren't a bunch of people sitting around a fire with a guitar singing Kumbaya. Like, this is serious business and we have serious jobs. And yeah. that's one point that I wanted to, you know, I wanted to, a, a message that I wanted to convey. Um, I can be reached on Twitter, mostly, um, at zero um, X Amit, A-M-I-T, which is my first name. And um, my DMs are closed because I've had some death threats because some people, I guess, are kind of crazy. Um, but um, I usually answer to anyone that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I usually answer to anyone uh, that just tweets at me with a question. And feel free to, you know, ask me whatever you want. Um, if I won't, if I if I don't want to answer, or I think it's a dumb question, I will let you know. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah. but uh, feel free, zero uh, x meet and um, yeah, um, uh, this is yeah I see in the chat. This is indeed uh, the link to our blog, and the best yeah the best way to reach me is Twitter. I'm fairly uh, responsive, and I don't know the message, like. Hey, like we're all friends here. Like this industry has a lot of smart people in it, and something that really smart people lack is social skills, sometimes. And um, not everything is a competition. Like the, the, this, this industry, community, whatever, 
it's becoming very, very competitive and it's becoming very personal. And if someone um, rubbed someone else the wrong way, then, you know, there's a whole bunch of drama around it. So just like stop it, take a step back and just remember that we like what we do and we are so passionate about it because we like it. And not anyone, not anyone can say that about their job. Not, not every single person on this planet likes their job and likes doing what we're doing for a living. So this is actually where you should stop and count your blessing and say, hey, maybe I should take it easy. Maybe I shouldn't rip someone a new one on Twitter because he said the wrong thing. <laughs> yes. I appreciate it. <laughs> appreciate that. And yeah, I'd echo that. It's, uh, it's something easy to do. Yeah, you know, uh, this guy said something silly, and someone's wrong on the internet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. wrong on the internet. <laughs> and, and on on Twitter, our voices are way louder than we realize, and they echo much, much farther than we realize. And um, yeah, try and be mindful. Be nice to each other. Possibly. Yeah, just just be excellent. Just be excellent. Like it's, it's karma actually works. Like I don't believe in anything. I'm a complete atheist, but I do believe that if you are nice, it comes back, it comes yep. back to you. People talk. It's a small community. Yeah. yeah. Also, I mean, yeah, just put, you know, be the person that you want to see in the community. You know what I mean? Like just be good. Good. Mm. And uh, yeah, I think with that, but, uh, you know. come back anytime yeah for sure uh, yeah thank you so much for having me i i to be honest all i care about is that um cissp certificate oh yeah that's oh, like the l ssp yeah, yeah. yeah. i want to hang that i want to hang that next to my um to the conjoined triangles of success i have in my office <laughs> <laughs> i have it framed like there's a picture on twitter Oh, so uh, we, we have a backlog on uh, the CLSSPs, but uh, they're coming for a, anyone who's listening who's like, but where's mine? They are coming. There's a little backlog. It's coming. <laughs> okay. Because that's the only reason why I'm here. Fuck everything else. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Thank you so much for having me. Was, this was fun. Yeah. Cool. All right, guys. Well, uh, that's been it's been fun. And uh, any last words from from everyone? Yeah. Uh, Just shut the fuck up and get a lawyer. <laughs> Always. Always. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, hair bags. <laughs> oh, we didn't cover that. We, we, <laughs> we did not cover real that. quick. Let's do twenty seconds. Oh, I've seen that. Have you had any great hair bags lately? Any uh, any that you'd recommend? Oh, so I haven't, uh, I think the last hair bag I had was when I was in DC a few months ago. I actually sent you a picture on Twitter. Um, I am going to do a bunch of travel soon, um, also internationally. So I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward for some good hair bags. I'm going to be in uh, Vegas. I wasn't planning on it, but duty calls. So I'm sure, and I'm going to be at two different hotels there. So <laughs> I'm sure there's going to be some great hair bags. I will, I will. I will send you their pictures. Oh, we'll trade hair bags then. Yeah. In Vegas, at least. Yeah, it's 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 nice because it's warm there, so I think it's a different quality of hair bags. <laughs> and with that, good night, friends. <laughs> okay. Bye bye. Yeah.